<laughs> Hello. How are you? Better be I'm blessed. My thing is crooked here. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, now it just came off. Can you even imagine? This is June 2nd. Can you imagine it's June already at 3 p.m., the hour of mercy, and this is Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards, and we are so glad that you're here. And um, it's been a crazy day so far. I just got a seminarian assigned to my parish, so I'm losing my assistant, and I'm gaining a seminarian who will be with... uh, my parish for the next two years, and uh, <laughs> my stepfather was just trying to call me. I better turn off all my stuff here. Anyway, so uh, I'm very excited about that. Uh, so very excited that you are here with us today. Again, the way we work is uh, if you have any kind of question, look at the live chat here on YouTube and just type it in. And... Uh, Um, and go from there. So, let's begin by praying, huh? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Great God of love and mercy, we acknowledge that you're present in our lives, you're present right here at this very moment, and that you love us and you gave us Jesus to prove that, that Jesus took all of our sins, which we should be damned for forever, and he paid the price. And Father, we just have a grateful heart that you, our holy God, would do all that for us. That Jesus loved us and loved you so much that he paid the price for our sins. And he gave us mercy. During this hour of mercy, we beg his mercy upon all of us. We beg your mercy upon all of us. We beg for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit, that your Holy Spirit may lead us and guide us and help us. We beg all you beg all these things, Holy Father, in Jesus' name, Amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. Now, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, again, welcome uh, to Anchored in Hope. Uh, it's a crazy day, like I was talking earlier. That uh, the new seminarian. So I just met with the seminarian. I had a funeral this morning, and. Um, I just picked up my prescription for my Genuvia, you know, which I'm a diabetic, and I almost had a heart attack right there because my my uh, copay was uh, 100 and some dollars in the for a 90-day supply, and the, the regular, it costs $2,000 for a 90-day supply. That is just crazy, if you ask me. So uh, I was like a sticker shock. As soon as I walked in there and I just came up here and I, I had to carry the stuff with me because I don't want it sitting in a hot car. So especially after I just spent a fortune um, of my income on a, uh, on a prescription. But anyway, so again, we're glad you're here. Let's jump right in and see what's going on. Any kind of questions there? And why don't we start here on, because I usually start with the live stream, but let's start with, I have a bunch of uh, emails here. So First one is anonymous, and with anonymous, they have a fake email and everything. So, hi, Father Larry. Hi. Hi, hi, anonymous. I met you several years ago when you were doing a parish mission in St. Paul, the Apostle Catholic Church in Nassau Bay, Texas. I was just talking to friends of mine in Texas uh, just uh, 15 minutes ago. 
It was packed house throughout tonight. I really enjoyed your talks. Good. If you could kindly respond to my questions on your podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. Well, we'll do it right now, Anonymous. Question number one. When I was a kid, I remember learning and saying the prayer of the guardian angel. Back in elementary school, I was taught, to whom God's love entrusts me here. Yeah, me too. Nowadays, when I look up the same prayer, the wording has been changed to, to who God's love commits me here. Yeah, I saw that too. Do you know when this change took place and why? Uh, I don't, but it really doesn't matter. You can say any prayer the way you want to because prayer is a relationship with God. So you can adopt a prayer the way you want it. The only thing you couldn't change is the Lord's Prayer because that was what the Lord said. Everything else, like I, with my spiritual directors and everything else, I encourage them to go beyond just saying someone else's prayer, meaning a prayer that someone else wrote. It could be a fantastic prayer, but someone else wrote it. And it could help you to get your thoughts in gear. But what prayer is, is a listening and a talking to God. So it's relationship. So if I was madly in love with my wife and every time I talked to my wife, I just read her a poem. It could be the most beautiful poem in the world. But after a while, my wife would look at me and say, why don't you talk to me? Why do you always just read that poem? It's a beautiful poem but I want you to talk to me. I want you to listen to me. And that's why it's so important when it comes to prayer that all prayer, you have to make it personal. Again, when I do a parish mission, and if you were at a mission in Nassau Bay, I'm sure I gave you this example. But if I go into my, uh, if I get married, but I'm never intimate with my spouse, uh, not even on the honeymoon, we have separate rooms. And uh, I walk into my spouse and I say, shh, and I read her a beautiful poem or him, whatever you are. And yeah, read him a beautiful poem. And then you go, shh. And then uh, you go and do what you're going to do for the day. And you might be a great spouse. You might call your spouse a couple times during the day and say, hey, shh, thank you for everything you've done for me. Shh, and hang up the phone. Then you come home and they've made you dinner. And you don't talk to them at dinner. You say thank you right before dinner. And then right after dinner, you're one of the few, few percents who says, oh, thank you for that great dinner. It was fantastic. And then same words every night, very fast because you have other things to do. And then you go watch TV or read the paper or whatever. And then right before you go to bed, you walk into your spouse's room and you have a book of poems. And always you go, shh, and you read them a book of poems real fast because you're tired and you want to go to bed. And uh, then you go to bed. And you do that for 50 years. What kind of a relationship would that be? It would be a stinky relationship. But some of you guys are saying, Father, could I have one of those relationships? I want one of those. Nope, you can't have that. But that's what we do with God. We say a bunch of prayers to a God who may or may not be up there. We say prayers to saints, which to me uh, drives me crazy, even call them prayers. I say we talk to the saints and they pray with us and for us, but they're not the object. Prayer means talk is what it uh, uh, obviously means. But when we talk about prayer, it's about a relationship with God. So when people just go to the saints, and I have great devotion to St. Joseph's, I have great devotion to... uh, Treats a little flower. I have great devotion to St. Francis, da, da, da. But none of them are God, including the Blessed Mother. So I have to make sure that I'm always speaking to God and listening to God so I can do what he wants, not what anyone else wants. Remember, the greatest prayer we could do is the Lord's Prayer, and the greatest part of the Lord's Prayer in my mind is your will be done. So then after we say that, then we have to shut up long enough for God to tell us exactly what his will is 
question number two. I pray for you every day. Why, thank you on my way to work. Is there anything specific that you would like prayers for? Yes. Again, the only thing I ask when people say, what would you like to pray for? That I always do God's will, and I just do God's will. Um, it's the most important thing in all of our lives. We do the holy will of God. Number three, what Catholic books, titles, and authors would you recommend to explaining the Catholic, Catholic belief of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist? This is something I'm honestly struggling to comprehend. Um, I'm just trying to think of a book on just the Eucharist. Um, you know, I've always went back to Scott Hahn's uh, The Lamb's Supper. It's one of my favorite books. Um, I've been very disappointed in him as a man, though, for not supporting the Holy Father and uh, constantly uh, given reasons why we why he doesn't care for the Holy Father. But he has he has a fantastic gift that God gave him, and that book is fantastic and the understanding the Mass. Um, but when it just comes to Eucharist, uh, some of the saints have written great uh, great books. Uh, Saint Alphonsus Liguori. Uh, if you just put St. Alphonsus Liguori in the Eucharist, you'll find some fantastic stuff there. One of the oldest books, which isn't just for the Eucharist, but sure does talk a lot about the Eucharist, is uh, Imitation of Christ by Thomas Kempis. Uh, Imitation of Christ by Thomas Kempis. They have a lot of the Eucharist and priesthood and different things on there. Um, but again, what I... Uh, I can't think of other things right now. It doesn't mean they're not there. I'd encourage you to go just to a, a web page and put uh, the Eucharist on whatever you want to do, get Catholic books, and uh, and then see how their reviews in that are. Um, I think that would be helpful. Okay, number four, the last question. One of my biggest pet peeves is when the when people take the Lord's name in vain. Yeah, that's one of my pet peeves too. I get very offended. I wouldn't get so offended. God gets offended is what I would always say. There is a website I go to, www.pluggedin.com, that allows me to look up movie reviews and see the language for a given movie. For example, I won't see the movie Father Stew because it has the Lord's name in vain in it. What is your stance on watching movies, even though it takes the Lord's name in vain? Like if you know beforehand that it has uh, those types of offensive words, then will you still watch it? I am genuinely curiously curious on your take on this um i deal with people every day who takes god's name in vain and i let god be the one who deals with them i haven't seen the movie father stew um i'll see it probably because everybody you know people love it or they hate it uh, i've seen both reviews on it but i don't like to make uh, comments on movies i haven't seen uh because i'm just listening to what other people say and i don't care to do that uh, myself, and I'd always encourage you, don't listen to what I say either. Go and listen to what other people say about uh, different things. But I'm always, uh, I'm telling you, I wouldn't hang around priests because a lot of priests use God's holy name in vain. And um, and I've called them on it in different uh, things. And so um, I think we always got to meet people where they're at. We can't dismiss everything because of one thing. Um, we just can't dismiss everything because of one thing. So, um, but again, there's whole theologians that sit there and say, you know, whenever you sin, if you watch, a, if you watch something that has sin in it, you participate in the sin. So there's all kinds of stuff like that. The only thing I can tell you is that I will watch the movie one day because I hear there's a lot of good in it, but I hear there's a lot of swearing too. And they do it because they want to show him the way he was before he entered seminary. 
I, I've heard that once father, he had a bad mouth before, but once he entered seminary, once he became a priest, he never swore again. Um, but it's amazing that God still loved him and met him where he was at, even though he would be a great priest one day, that he would take his name in vain earlier in life. So if God doesn't uh, leave him, even then, he walks through him to get him where he needs to be, that we can do the same. That's my opinion. I don't live that well sometimes because I have temper issues. And sometimes I just yell and scream at people that use God's name in vain. Um, I know. So, again, hopefully that helps. Thanks for the questions. Anonymous. Now, let's go back here. June 2nd is out uh, Sunday in Erie. Is the sun out in here? Yes, it is out in here, uh, by God's grace. And supposed to, I need rain because I just spent all this money for landscaping at my house and we had to put a uh, seed in that dinner. So since they, uh, it isn't raining, I have to go out and uh, water it. Blessed Padre, exactly. Hello, dear Father and St. Joseph BOL, YouTube community, blessed uh, be the best and grateful to all of you. Thank you, Jerry. Cameron says, my wife struggles with scrupulosity. And constantly feels like she needs to confess things from her past or that sin she has not confessed things the right way. How do you suggest I help her? I always say, you look at Jesus and not yourself. So often the devil keeps us focused on ourselves and our past and our sins. And God doesn't do that. God knows every one of your sins. So if you didn't uh, confess it right, God knows what you were confessing. If, uh, like I always tell people, don't ever insult God in my presence. So if you come to confession and say, Father, I've confessed this before, but I didn't feel forgiven. I'm going to confess it again. I go, absolutely not. You will not insult God in my presence. It's like spitting on Jesus. Huh? Why? Because if you've confessed a sin and you're sorry for it, he paid the penalty for it. So if I say I don't feel forgiven or it isn't anything, I'm looking at me and I'm not looking at Jesus. I say, you look at Jesus and be grateful instead of looking at you and feeling uh guilty all the time what kind of person stays focused on themselves instead of jesus and most people do it i'm just saying throughout the years when you go to pray you know they think it's a false humility they think it's a true humility oh look i'm no good i'm no good i'm no good and god is all good well again if just think of yourself as a father or a mother and if your kid every time they came into your presence they didn't know if they said it right, if you really forgive them. And, you know, they broke your lamp when they were four years old, and now they're 20, and every time they see you, I'm so sorry I broke your lamp. Do you still love me? I really shouldn't have broken that lamp. I'm very sorry. What would you do if that was your kid? God is your father. He's our father. And as a father, he loves us. We need to repent of sin, of course. We need to always get up and repentance is more than I'm going to try. It's I'm done with this. But we have a father who sends Jesus to die for our sins so we can live forever. So we should be walking around with grateful hearts. So when we think about the father, we'll be fine. If we focus on ourselves and our weakness, our lives will be miserable. You know, we just had ordinations here on Friday. And I said, uh, some of the younger guys, great guys, uh, and is isn't even in our diocese, but oh yeah, other people that came in. Some of the newly day ordained are so pious, but they don't smile. And I would just go over and I'd say, 
Uh, Jesus said, I have told you all this, that my joy may you, my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So tell your face, please, you know, that we need to be men and women of joy. Priests, please, God, they need to be people of joy. Now, I'm not always a person of joy. I get it. But it got to be our, what we're striving for. And we can't look like we're constantly constipated when we say mass or, you know, people think that if you look pious, you are. Very untrue. Humility is truth. It isn't making yourself look pious and holy. It's being real because God knows your heart and he knows your heart isn't pious or holy. It's striving for it, but it's not there yet. So you be real. You be joyful. Why should I be joyful? Because God told you. All this I've told you, my joy may be in you, your joy may be complete. Where is that, Father? John chapter 15. Any questions? So uh, that's the thing. But when it comes to all this stuff, you know, uh, we have to be patient with those who are scrupulous, of course, but we've got to make sure that we just don't leave them in a scrupulosity because it's a focus on self instead of a focus on God. Tell her to focus on Jesus, not her. And be grateful that Jesus paid the penalty for every one of your sins. Hope that helps there, Cameron. Pat, though we must love everyone, must we like them also, even the annoying ones, especially the annoying ones. You know, Dorothy Day, who's up for canonization, Dorothy Day said it this way, we love God as much as the person we like the least. Let me say that again. Make sure you hear every word. We love God as much as the person we like the least. So think about the person you just can't stand. Think about the person that annoys you. Are you thinking about them? Thinking about the person you don't like. And usually it's really easy because they're usually in another political party or another, they're liberal and you're a conservative, whatever it is. That's how much we love God. Because the least of our brothers and sisters isn't just the least in the world. It's the least on our list. So when you go through your particular list of the people you love the most and the people you hate the most, God goes to the bottom. He says, that is me. So whoever we love God as much as the person we like the least. Don't you hate me? Isn't that horrible? I know. I don't like it myself. And see, by definition, that's why I know it's of God. Because... If I know that God it convicts me and I know I can't get there by myself, but God can get me there. Because you know the person that I'm annoyed with and I like the least and the person I hate, whatever it is, God loves them so much he sent Jesus to die for them. God loves them. And so sometimes if I can't see people the way that God sees them, I ask God for his eyes and his heart. Jesus, help me to see that person the way you do, to love that person the way you do, to get out of the way, because it's not about me. It's about you living inside of me. Galatians 2, 19 and 20, in case any of you forgot. And so that's what we got to do. That's where we got to go. That's where we got to grow. Okay, so uh, blessings to all. Thanks, Margaret, for being with us. Jerry, Father, we have a situation where someone stepped out of their marriage. Ah. Subsequently filed divorce and their spouses found photos of many infidelities going back years, then posted them and post social media. Everyone's talking about it, and I am looking for sage advice on how to help instead of pouring gasoline on a raging fire. 
How sad that is, huh? How very sad. The people who say they love each other and they gave up their lives for each other when they got married, and then they're unfaithful to each other, they post things to hurt other people. Um, what to say? I always come back to that we're all broken. We're all a mess. Some people have different uh, hurts or pains or brokenness, um, but we all have it. And sometimes we make ourselves feel better by lashing out, but it's really because of the pain, and we try to protect ourselves by lashing out. But when Jesus said, love your enemies, that's what he meant. And so like when... Uh, like when people come to confession, I always say, have you, for, I don't always say, but depending where the heart is, I can tell. And I'll say, have you forgiven everybody in your life? And if they say, no, Father. And I'll say, well, even if I give you absolution, it's not going to work. Because after, again, Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer, he says, if you forgive others, your Father will forgive you. If you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive you. So we must forgive or be damned. As Saint, as C.S. Lewis once said, we must forgive one another or be damned. Forgiveness is not an option. It's the very core of who a Christian is. Why? Because it's the very core of who Jesus is. Until we get that you and I have killed Jesus, you and I have been very, very unfaithful to Jesus Christ, I especially, and yet he looks at me in great love he dies for the sins that I did against him, and he still loves me. He gives me mercy, which is giving something good who doesn't deserve it. So again, when people are always complaining about how someone hurt them, and I just say, and how you and I have hurt Jesus. And that's why Jesus on the cross would say, Father, forgive them to the people who are killing him and didn't ask for mercy. And he calls us to be like him, now, that's not easy. So you have to ask God's grace. Lord, I can't forgive that person. But you can. So I ask you, Lord, to forgive them through me. And God can do great things. Don't look at your weakness. Look at his strength. Okay? Hopefully that helps. It's a bad situation, though, Jerry. I get it. The Seven Secrets of the Eucharist. Ah, oh, yeah, Vinny is a great guy. And he has some great things. Um, yeah, Vinny. Uh, I wrote uh, this forward for one of his books. I don't know if it was that one. It might have been that one. But The Seven Secrets of the Eucharist. Those who are asking about the Eucharistic prayer. Vinny does some fantastic books. Uh, um, let me just look that up for you. Vinny. Let's go. I have to go to uh, Amazon, and then I'll be able to tell you seven secrets of the Eucharist. Vinny Flynn, that's his last name, Flynn. Vinny Flynn, the seven secrets of the Eucharist. Um, and Vinny writes fantastic books. He was the singer on uh, the... Um, he was the singer on the Divine Mercy Chaplet. If you ever watch EWTN, it's a, uh, a fantastic, 
fantastic book. So, uh, yes, I encourage you to uh, get this book. And he writes good stuff. So that's thanks, Margaret, for telling us and reminding me. Okay. I think you forgot to turn on the lights in the room. It seems very dark. No, all the lights are on. Maybe your uh, screen is dark or your phone is dark. Look at the top and put it up. But we have the same, yeah, the same lights are always on. The big light there and the four lights up. And I've never had any other light since I have been here. So check your monitor. Uh, hopeful, I mean, because again, nothing has changed in here. But thank you for, those are the type of things I need, Dave, if uh, that happens. So please uh, always do that. Vinnie Flynn, I should have just read another couple paragraphs. <laughs> Harry, good evening. Sorry I am late. I got carried away in the garden. Now what uh, is, now that is a good song. There you go. Harry, welcome. Lawrence of Las Vegas. I, I was just talking about Vegas last night. Hi, Lawrence of Las Vegas. If you were to have a joined religious order, where did you go, diocesan religious? Which would, order would you be in? Well, I'm a diocesan right now, of course. I had uh, looked into going to Franciscan because I've always had great love of St. Francis. So I'd have probably, uh, I even, when I was out of seminary, looked at the Franciscans. And the reason I didn't join them is that they gave me the book, you know, the, uh, uh, the order, the, the thing they write in the beginning. And so I read it, the charter, the one what Pope Francis wrote, uh, Pope Francis, St. Francis wrote. And it says, you know, this is the, the rule that he put together. And it was only about five pages. And it just says, at the last paragraph, it says, now don't let anyone ever say, this is what Francis meant and interpret what Francis meant. What Francis means is living the gospel of Jesus Christ, Period. So Francis wanted to keep it simple. So that's at the beginning of the rule of St. Francis, which has to have like 400 pages, where it explains what Francis meant. And I always thought, oh, dear. Uh, and I always thought if I was going to be a Franciscan, I'd have to live uh, the Franciscan life, which the number one charism of Franciscans is uh, poverty. Huh? And uh, the Franciscans are the ones that threw me out when I was at Christ the King in major seminary years ago, and uh, they had better clothes than I did, better cars than I did, better everything than I did. And so yeah, then I looked at uh, Father Benedict Rochelle, you know, as far as the renewal, and those guys, I'm very happy that, they're very happy that I didn't join, but I was like looking at them, and just from afar, I didn't officially apply, but I looked so, but it would have been a Franciscan uh, community. And I also love the Dominicans because Dominicans are preachers, but I have never known that many Dominicans. And I was a kid, I didn't even know Dominicans existed, but in Pittsburgh, we had a lot of Franciscans. So anyway, it's a good question. Okay, Mary Claire, Dembski Father, should you appreciate some, would you appreciate some words on the shooting in Texas and Oklahoma? Tulsa, I pray, why would my Catholic Christian outlook be? Well, we dealt with this a little bit last week, huh? the pain of uh, all the garbage that happened and killing people and how sad it is. Again, I always tell the story about uh, the Oklahoma City bomber and how I wrote him a letter and asked him to go to confession. Uh, but in the letter I said to him, uh, McVeigh, 
was his name. And I said to him, I believe you should be put to death because you killed all those children and called, killed all those people. But I also believe you can become a great saint. If you repent, uh, you can go and see the face of God and be one of the saints of heaven. And then I got, I sent him a CD, which was my confession CD way back then. And uh, never heard back. But then I found out like five years later that one of the guys that was in seminary with me who became a priest for the SVDs, um, Smith, his brother died, but I think uh, the other way around, one of them died, but the other one's alive. But they both of them became priests for the Society of Divine Word. And I read that the, the night, the morning that he was executed, he went to confession and got last rites. So here was a man who was very evil that God could still give eternal life did he? I don't know. I don't know how God works. But I do know that I haven't killed anybody with a gun. But I have killed people with my words and my hurt, my anger. And I know for sure I've killed Jesus. So, I always want mercy. But when we're giving mercy to somebody, we don't excuse what they have done. Nineteen children are dead in Texas, two adults, and then again two doctors and two other people at the hospital. And when God sees all this, God says he can make it to turn it into good, and we don't know how that happens. The only thing we know is when, when, when we are on the other side, when we are in heaven, then we'll be able to see how this all looks. We can only see from our own eyes. And again, even like with those children who have died, they get to see the face of God now. Huh? They're saints. They're looking. And again, you know, people hate it, but one of my favorite movies is, uh, and it has a very bad theology. So that's what I get that you can watch stuff and get good out of it, even though it has some bad theology in it, some bad theology. But I love the movie The Shack, or the book The Shack, S-H-A-C-K, The Shack. And uh, I watch it a lot because it talks about forgiveness and it goes through the mystery of evil. But if you've never seen it, just to give you a heads up, God the Father is a big black woman. Uh, God the Holy Spirit is a woman. And uh, Jesus is a man, Jesus. And so at, when I first watched it, I was like, really, 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 really? But then when I went beyond that, it's still one of the movies that I can't get through without being very emotional because it talks about forgiveness. It talks about the evil and how God is bigger than all that. And uh, as an aside, when we talk about God the Father, God the Father, that's how he's revealed, but by definition, he has no body. He has a spirit, pure spirit, God the Father. Jesus has the body. That's what the incarnation is. So he talks about, well, you know, this guy loses his daughter. Someone kills her and rapes her. And uh, so he says, I thought you were an old man. I, you know, what's this? And he goes, that's Santa as the woman says, which is a fine line. 
But she says, I don't think you could deal with a father right now because when he was a child, he poisoned his father and killed him. And so God appears to him as his big black woman as God the Father, Abba. And then later, when he has to truly do some forgiving, God appears to him as a man, God the Father. Again, the theology of the Trinity is horrendous, but the theology of forgiveness is sublime. It's fantastic. And so I always tell people uh, to watch the movie. And so if you're struggling with all this stuff, I'd encourage you to watch the movie or read the book um, again. And people sit there and say, I cannot believe you recommended that book. You're a heretic. It's a heresy of you. I get it. You're so much smarter and holier than greater than me. Thank you for judging me. May God judge you the same way you just judged me. Again, God is bigger than all of us. He's bigger than my myopic little mind and bigger than your myopic little mind. So don't go crazy over these things. Pick out what is good and maybe great things can happen. But it's one of my favorite things. So, uh, But again, uh, some of the young priests called me a big liberal the other day. So that's why I am a big liberal, I guess. But no, it's not. Okay. Thanks for that question, oh, Mary Claire. Chris. Hi, Chris. I got your long email out uh, here, but I don't know if I get it in. Watching a few minutes behind. Praying for your seminarian. He'll need it. I know. As soon as I called the guy, uh, I said, so, he picked up the phone. And I so, so have you stopped sobbing yet that you got me as your pastor? Are you, are you going to still cry? I mean, get it out of your system now. So he laughed. He says, I think it's going to take a little bit more, Father. I, go, I know it will. So, okay. P.S. I'm angry. Yeah, I'm angry too. But what does that do? I have issues with anger. Right after this thing, I'll go to my counselor and we'll deal with the anger issues. And I'm sure not only is God angry because his children have been killed, but that he weeps with us. Jesus wept. But what was the greatest sin of the world? that has been from the beginning of time to now. When we killed the Son of God. Now get that. When we, you, me, killed Jesus. And every time we sin, we kill Jesus again. Every time. We don't think it. We play games with it because we're pretty good people. But in the same way, in some ways, we're just murderers. We murder the Son of God every time we sin. And what does God the Father do to us? Because he knew, of course, that before he created us, that we would kill his Son. He knew every sin you'd commit and every sin I'd commit. And mortal sins, that's what Jesus died for. All sin he died for. But when you and I, after we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and we continue to sin, it's killing the God of the universe. And God sometimes makes it, but anger isn't appropriate. It's very appropriate for these type things. It's very appropriate at the beginning, but then the anger must be changed to mercy. So again, both of these people are dead, but if they would not have been killed, I think, and again, this, uh, that's why, yeah, before I say this, this is not the teaching of the church. This is Father Larry's opinion, but it's not the teaching of the church. 
Pope John Paul II changed it, and then Francis confirmed it and made it deeper, that there is never a call for the death penalty. And uh, John Paul II said there are a few cases, you, you know, it's, it should not be used except in a very rare cases of certain heinous things, and then Francis said, nope, it should never be used. So I struggle with that, huh? because I think I'm, I'm one that always looks for justice. And, uh, but then the Lord reminds me, if I'm looking for justice, I'm going to be the first one in hell, <laughs> you know, because, oh, if he just gives me justice, oh, geez. So allow yourself to be angry and say, Jesus, you got to, you got to come into my heart and take control and help me to feel what you want me to feel. But acknowledge your anger. Don't just say, I shouldn't feel that way. Are you kidding me? I mean, again, I've often said if, if and again, this teaching the church also, if I was there and I had a gun and I could stop that guy, I would have blown the guy away right between the eyes. I'd have killed him right then and there, either one of those kids, either one of those murderers. I'd have shot them right dead to save children. So anger can be a good anger, but it's only good if you can do something with it. Okay, I saved a bunch of kids. But just seething in anger at home when there's nothing you can do uh, doesn't help. You know, so that's why I talk about, you know, we can pray for people. We can say the rosary for people. I did Divine Mercy Chaplet, put the kids in there, uh, do that kind of stuff. So there are stuff that we can do, but we have to ultimately trust that God is God and God knows what he's doing. He can turn all this into good. We don't know it until we're on the other side. But sometimes when we get so angry, it's because we want to be in charge. And thanks be to God, I'm not in charge and you're not in charge of anything except our own trying to get to heaven by the grace of God, by Jesus dying for us and our cooperating with it. So, but again, I get it. I know I get angry too. Oh dear, do I ever. Okay. Fawats. Sorry. Father, when do you come to San Diego? Do you ever do a mass? Usually, uh, if I go to San Diego normally, and you have a cardinal down there now, or soon to be, I usually uh, just come down and get a vacation and I say private mass or I'll go somewhere. Um, but there are times when people invite me down. I've been invited. I've done parish missions down there. I was at St. Teresa Little Flower years ago. That's where I started uh, in San Diego. Uh, Kurt Redlinger, who has the, who's from there, and he's the one that brought me in, and he's the one that has, if you ever, ever see me with my uh, sweatshirts I wear, Got Mary or Got Mercy or Got Michael, uh, they, he has them all, and he's the one, if you go to the website, Got uh, Mary, uh, you'll be able to see all the great Catholic uh, stuff you can get from him. But I've been there many times, so if anybody wants to invite me back to uh, uh, San Diego, that would be fantastic. Uh, we're dealing next, next month, we're going to be dealing with, uh, where am I going for next year? I just hired a new uh, director um, of the foundation, and so uh, she'll be working with our uh, director who's retiring at the end of the month. And then uh, in July, we'll start preparing for the next year with talks and that. So if anybody out there wants me to come to their parish or wants me to come to a parish mission or come to a talk, you call the foundation, you fill out the form. If you go to the reasonforourhope.org, it'll say, have Father Larry speak, and there's a form for you to fill out. And uh, then we go through those, and I pick the ones I can, usually places I haven't been before, uh, or times where there is, if there's a free space, then I'll come. Okay? So... Do that. And then I would say Mass. I always say Mass, of course, but usually not public. Harry, 
You would like Abba Carter. He's always smiling, especially when he walks down the aisle and gives holy water. <laughs> Sinners, there you go. I'm sure, Harry. Do you have any pilgrimages in the future? I sure do. One year from now, we just put it out today. I'm taking a pilgrimage uh, to the Holy Land. And again, it's a great thing. It's, it's going to be a 10-day pilgrimage, and it starts May 10th, 2023. And... Uh, it's a fantastic uh, time together. I'm going to be with John Edwards, who's a good friend, a layperson who also has the guy in the pew ministry. And so the two of us are going to be doing it. And uh, so all you have to do is put Father Larry Richards in the Holy Land, um, and you will uh, find, uh, find all this information. It's a fantastic. I'd love if anybody there, if anybody out there you want to come, uh, last pilgrimage I was in the Holy Land people came from Australia and it was unbelievable uh, great time so we have a fine time on pilgrimages uh, we do holy stuff all day and then we have some relaxing stuff at night but we have a fine time so I encourage you to come to the Holy Land select tours uh, select tours Holy Land May 10th 2023 one less than one year from now so I encourage you to come so Cameron, thank you for answering my question. Extremely helpful. I'm glad. Please speak. Please speak up, Father Larry. I'm as close as I can be, but okay, I'll try. Um, usually that's not my problem. <laughs> I have a big mouth. Okay. Please speak up. Brokenness mends with love. Here you go. And again, if you turn up your thing, you should be able to hear me pretty good. Long live the light, long live the mic, long live anchored in hope. Thank you, Derek. Pat, Catholic Church, end of life, derivatives, that is acceptable. Directives, oh. The best thing you can do, I always tell people, like when I was dealing with my mother and everything else, is you can let life go natural. You can let God take a person when he wants to take a person. You don't have to prolong things artificially. Um, now food and water is not artificial. That's basic, uh, stuff, but everything else you can let, like, you don't have to, if you get cancer, you don't have to, uh, go through radiation. You don't have to do anything that's external to life. You can let God trust God that he will take you when he wants you, but you also can do all that stuff because God gave us medicine, you know? So, uh, again, whatever is natural, God, I mean, again, God gave us all the stuff so we can go naturally with him. We can go, uh, uh, when we're ready, we just can't kill ourselves or anything else or have someone else kill us. Okay. Okay. Dave Murphy, Murray, you are right. My power strip was off and my laptop was conserving power. <laughs> there you go. Uh, if you thought about being a Franciscan, maybe you should do a collaboration with Father Pat Tello and Father Casey, their YouTube channel, Upon Friar Review. I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. Uh, that would be good one day. I, I want to do more stuff with other people. Uh, so, uh, again, now that we have a new director and they can uh, relook at things at face eyes, we'll, we'll see. Our old director did fantastic with all that stuff, but sometimes, you know, you just need another person to look at something there. So we'll see how that goes. Okay, hi, Father Larry. Do you have any advice on finding a good spiritual director? Thank you. Absolutely, I do. If you're a man, I think men need men and women need women. That's just a general principle. That always hasn't been the case. There have been many saints, that, uh, male saints that were uh, 
directors to women, but I think a, a woman has a different spirit. You know, I have a very strong spirit, and sometimes I make women cry. It's really bad, you know. So uh, sometimes I make men cry too. But the reality is that if you had a good, strong, uh, especially start with a nun as long as one's orthodox and not just wacko, but uh, just orthodox, meaning that they want to teach what the church teaches because that's what Christ teaches. And then if you're a priest, and you can get a priest for a spirit director, but again, one of the things I always say is the priest should be ordained at least 10 years. Now, it's an arbitrary uh, thing saying 10. It doesn't have to be full 10, but... Sometimes priests that are younger, they just don't have enough spiritual experience, even in their own life, to be a director to somebody else. Uh, so I say you have to have some spiritual experience. You have to be able to live life. You have to be, that life isn't as black and white as we make it and want it to be. That life has a lot of gray and God can use it all. And so, but we have to stay faithful to the teaching of the church. If you're looking for a, uh, a priest, I always say, look at the way the priest says Mass, especially during consecration. When he holds up the most blessed sacrament, does he know, can you tell that he knows that he has God in his hands? And if he can discern that God is in his hands during the Mass, then he can help you discern God's will in your life. If the priest just goes through the motion real fast to get in and out of Mass, then I would have a little bit of hesitancy. But again, you just got to watch, because like again, a couple of months ago, Someone watched the way I give out communion, and they say, I'm very, I'm too fast in giving out communion. I say the Lord's Prayer so uh, slowly, but when I say give out communion, I give it faster to, uh, to help people to get through the Mass and so we can do what we need to do, uh, not get through the Mass, but that particular part of communion. And they says, we have, you know, I'm showing such disrespect, and I'm mad at you, and oh, please. Okay, but I'm talking about consecration. When the priest is saying, this is my body, does he know what's happening in his hands that very moment? And that would be helpful. Okay. So, thank you, uh, UAE, for watching live from there. AMDG, how would you handle staying at someone's home where inappropriate television shows are on all the time and the person talks inappropriately and makes you uncomfortable? Well, it's their home, and I think uh, Jesus ate and drank with sinners. But you don't have to stay with them. But their home is their home. You know, I always sit there and think, look at all the stuff that people do, good, bad, or indifferent. God's right there. No one does anything without God being present. And he doesn't, like I often have thought, why doesn't God step in and send Vladimir Plut, uh, um, Putin right to, right to him or wherever he's going? Why doesn't God just stop these people that are murdering millions of people? I have no idea why. But if God doesn't kill people who are horrendously killing his children, then when we're with people that aren't living the life, sometimes we meet them where they are so we can get them where God wants them to be. So that's a hard reality. But at the same time, if you're living in someone else's house or you're visiting, then if you're not comfortable, then don't go there. But it's their house. They can throw you out in your butt, right? And they have a right. It's their house. And so you just got to watch. But again, sometimes meeting people where they're at and praying them to where God wants them to be can be fantastic. But I get it. I know. The shack is great. The movie was good, too. 
Thank you, Father Larry. I've just read the book and watched the movie The Shack. Forgiveness. Got it. There you go. Hi, Father Larry. Good to hear your voice. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on the shootings. You are loved. Oh, thank you, Anonymous Cat. I missed your Podbean homily today. Yes, because I didn't have one today because uh, I had a funeral today and Father Mac, and Father Mac gives good homilies, so I just let him uh, put the homily out and you have to go to YouTube. Uh, but I won't have one on Podbean tomorrow either because uh, I'll have a private Mass tomorrow because it's my day off and I'll say after my holy hour from three to four in the morning, after I'm done at four o'clock, uh, my holy hour, I'll go work out and then I usually come and say Mass normally that's the way I do it but sometimes I'm just too tired and I go back to bed and I say mass uh, later because that hour me waking up earlier again most days I wake up 354 uh, but tonight I'll wake up at uh, 250 and so I can get over to the adoration chapel at three o'clock and then after my time at four o'clock except sometimes there's a guy that comes in a half hour early and wants to talk to me so I am not able to pray and then I have to say lord um Help me to be patient. I'm still in your presence. So, But then anyway, either way, I'll do my hoyar, and then at 4 o'clock I'll go work out, and then I will come and say Mass, and then usually I'll go back to bed for a nap. Uh, and then, like, the next two days, I'm going to be working at my house, uh, ripping up stuff and everything inside, because I have to rip. You know, every, one of the worst jobs in the world is ripping down wallpaper, and that's what I'm doing right now. It drives me crazy. Anyway, hi, Father Larry. Good to hear your voice sharing thoughts and shootings. Thank I missed your pod being sorry. Uh, love to come on your pilgrimage and meet you, Father. We will have a fine time, Ellen. Just come. Uh, we do have a fine time. Chris Sirickey, hi. I don't understand why Republicans say they are pro-life and they do nothing about banning assault weapons that kill children instead of Republicans should call themselves pro-birth. Yes, that's been the argument uh, we've heard again and again. Um, I agree that uh, they got to be both. You know, all this stuff is not either or, it's both and. Absolutely. Uh, but some people are, some people you can't talk to. You ever got that? That their mind's already made up, that whenever even you give another uh, view, it's just filled with hate. And I think that we need to get back to discussing issues, looking at both sides of issues, looking at what's going to be the best for everybody, you know, to have win-win situations. Too many people want one person or one thing to lose, and we win. Look how great we are. we got to find a middle ground. we got to be pro-life. we got to be pro-life at the beginning, pro-life at the end, pro-life not just with... Uh, um, assault weapons, but we have to be pro-life and taking care of the poor, taking care of the needy, taking care of refugees. All those things are pro-life. And uh, we got to make sure that we're dealing with all those things. Why? Because that's what Jesus deals with. Again, when people go crazy and they'll say, well, Jesus, I, I said, excuse me. The only time Jesus Christ said who's going to heaven or hell is the people who take care of the poor are going to heaven. The people who don't take care of the poor are going to hell. Read it yourself. Matthew 25, he is the judge of the living and dead. So I would think that we have to preach that and teach that, that this is what Jesus, the founder of our faith, taught. I don't care how holy you look when you go to communion. I don't care how holy you look when you receive communion. I don't care how holy you look when you're at mass. I care about how you take care of the poor and how you pray at mass. 
It's not either or, it's both and. So Chris, you're completely right. We need to work at all these things, pro-life, everything. Because again, some of the most pro-life people are some of the most nasty people I've ever met. And that's horrible to say, but I'm telling you, they're so filled with anger and hatred and well, someone has to do this. Yes, but no one's going to convert because you're angry and hateful of hate. They're going to convert because of love. And so we got to do that. But again, I get crazy over these things too. I know. Okay. But I get you, Chris. Father, when we can feel that Jesus is in front of us and we are going to talk to him as we know that he is here and this time we can't see him, how do we talk? Well, you can just share your heart. And again, like when, when people come to a DME retreat, the Divine Mercy Encounter, one of the things we uh, founded here, um, we have one like the third week of July. And uh, what I do is I take them through a prayer experience. And I help them to experience God holding them. You know, I'm sorry, I surrender, hold me, and let God hold them. And then what I do is I ask them, I give them a sheet of paper, and I says, on one side, I want you to write a letter to God. And just be honest with them. You know, no pious, la, la, oh, God, you're so good, and I'm no good. Oh, he gets it. Just shut up and just be real with God. And then on the other side, let God write you a letter because you have the Spirit of God within you, and say, God, what do you want to say to me right now? And just start writing after praying to the Holy Spirit. It's amazing when people write a letter to God and receive a letter from God, how, you know, I've been doing this for over 30 years, and a guy came to me about 15 years ago, and I had done a retreat when he was in high school, and he says, pulled out his wallet, and he says, Father, you had us write a letter to and from God many years ago. And I've kept that in this that letter in my a wallet all these years. That's when my relationship with Jesus began. So it's one way just to, if, you, if you're hard to, because you don't feel he's right there, oh, he is. So that's why it's important that we be still and we listen. But write the letter to him and write a letter from him and at least get you started. Okay? Jay, hi, Father. Hello, Father. What are your thoughts on carrying weapon for self-defense? As a Catholic, is it okay for me to do so? Absolutely. If you ever go to my 2232 men and we call it the, the summits, the strengthening summits, the last one I talk about, that uh, I believe that guys and women should, uh, uh, I don't have a gun carry only because I don't have the time to go through the, the classes and that, but I have a, uh, a shotgun underneath my bed at my house, and I always say, if someone comes breaking into the house, I will send them to God, but right before they die, I'll give them absolution. But again, to defend yourself is allowed It's just, uh, so I am not against carrying uh, uh, weapons. In fact, I feel very comfortable knowing that almost at every single mass at my parish, there's one or two people who are carrying. So if some nutcase comes in and destroys or hurt anyone in my parish, they could be stopped. And see, that's where weapons can be good, to defend ourselves. And God allows that. Uh, or to defend your family. If you're, a, if you're at home and you have a wife and you have four kids, for you to have a gun to protect them, I think is a good thing. You're not out to kill people or hurt people. You're there to protect innocent people. That's why, like I said earlier, if I had a gun and I was at those things and I, I had it and I'd shoot the guys right between the eyes, uh, I would do everything in my power to stop them from hurting children. But again, though, like I talked about last week, 
that our society has created this reality. And how have we done this? We have done it by allowing mothers to kill their children. And so when we kill children by the millions in our country, we create a society that doesn't value life. So think about how many people kill babies every single day. How many babies in the womb are being killed today? It's one of the greatest tragedies. But we don't yell and scream about that. That's okay. Many people try to say. That's a woman's right. Really. There's very little difference. Killing a child is killing a child whether it's in your body or not in your body. And we need to be people of start loving children and loving life and say what's important is life. That's just where we got to be. And not just my life, the selfishness of people today. I got to be unwilling to lay down my life for others. So again, yes, I believe people should carry. Absolutely. Absolutely. They have to be trained in it, though, too, and they got to not be crazy. I really think that, in my thing, everybody should uh, make sure that they're not crazy before we give them licenses. You know, there got to be some kind of test. You know, we don't let people drive without a license and passing a test. There should be something like that for carrying a gun. And I am very, very much behind people having guns. But not everyone should have a gun. We saw two examples in the last week. They had guns. They shouldn't have had them. Period. You know, it's not a thing about pro-gun or not-gun. They shouldn't have had it. They killed people. So it was the people who killed it, but they used a gun, so we shouldn't allow them to have guns, right? So we have to work that on. But anyway, okay, Patricia, Harry, love Father Pat Tuttle. Would be great collaborator. Good idea. There you go. Patricia Smith, he strikes me as being a lovely priest. I don't know them. We'll have to see. But I have to go see my shrink. So, geez, I can't believe someone would infringe on your prayer time in the middle of the night to talk to you. <laughs> Holy moly, yeah. That's okay. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He was Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I pray for you every day. I ask you to please pray for me. I love you. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great week. We'll see you next week, God willing.